This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boys, Jonathan and Will. What's going on, guys? What up, Will? It is June 16th, 2019. It is Father's Day. It is my first official father's day congratulations thank sir. you my man thank you my man it's been a great day um this week uh, we're gonna wrap up our two-week series of talking about the draft prospects here there's a, a few big things that have happened in the nba within the last three four days we're gonna talk about everybody kind of yeah. knows what we're talking about a few quick announcements uh if you guys haven't heard already you haven't checked it out yet we did launch our new site the sixmanshow.com just a place you guys can come to, you know, listen to the podcast. Uh, but also, you know, we we launched kind of like a merch line, some Orlando Magic inspired uh, shirts and hats and stuff like that. So make sure yep. you guys go check out the sixmanshow dot com. Coming up this Thursday, we've all been waiting for this since the end of the Orlando Magic season, the NBA draft. The Orlando Magic have the sixteenth pick. Uh, we're meeting up in in uh, the Tampa Bay area, guys. Come down to the Buffalo Wild Wings on old uh, on Tampa Road. Sorry, in Oldsmar. We're gonna head there at about seven o'clock. The draft starts at seven thirty. So, you guys, just come on out, hang out with us, have a beer, some wings, have a great time. We'll watch the draft together. So let's let's do this like around the NBA thing, Will. Uh, you it. and I really haven't talked too much about this at all. So this is you know we like to try to keep things authentic, organic. So we'll just we'll we'll start with this. The Toronto Raptors are the world champions. Thoughts, feelings on that? Um, <laughs> I'm I I just want to say you know I'm happy that we we won that that first game, that first playoff game against them Facts. against the future champions. Um, but yeah, that series was tough. Like tough to watch just kd not yeah. playing kd comes in game five looks good looks good looks real good um and then just goes down yep. takes that step on surge and um yeah achilles boom it's so it's so funny i felt and we'll talk about clay in a second obviously but like kd goes down and he's grabbing at the back of his ankle and you're like nah there's no way he just tore his achilles literally at the beginning of that game um, Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, they're talking about how S- Steve Kerr like, specifically said, we were told there's no risk of him injuring the Achilles. If anything, he's going to re-aggravate the calf. So he gets hurt. I'm like, oh, he just he re-aggravated the calf, whatever. Probably done for the series, but he'll be fine. And then it's like, this dude tore his Achilles. Like, what in the world is happening? You see uh, Iguodala, Steph, Steph Curry walking back to the locker room with him, and he's just got like this blank look on his face, like he's in shock. Yeah. So now we've lost arguably the best basketball player in the world for at least a year. How How do you feel when? Did you watch that game live? Uh, yeah. So when he goes down, like, what was your emotion? Because to me, I was like, oh man, like, because you see him playing and the guy's balling. You oh know yeah, it, it honestly it looked like, like I, they were gonna come back and win the series that's how, that's how i felt in the first to, to 12 me, minutes like of that a, game a gut punch i was like because it's like you're watching like a crazy fight right and then all of a sudden it's over like it's right. done like you know the series if he's not coming back the game's not gonna be the same um i don't know and then you like the fans were like cheering for him yeah i like, couldn't believe out. that that's and i went to twitter and i posted something i'm pretty sure and i was just like man you guys gotta be some crappy fans right if you're 
cheering for a player to get hurt. Like you got to be that desperate, right, for, for a win. Yeah, because they, you know, they know that if they win that game, you know, it's pretty much it's over. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was a bad look for Toronto fans. My my feeling as soon as he went down was like, okay, the series is over. Like the series is going to end tonight. It's over. Just like all, an all time like back to the wall. Nobody believes in us. All we have is our guys. Like, well, they're down by six. Like, the fourth quarter comes. Oh Kawhi yeah, Kawhi goes on like 12, a 12-0. Yeah, ridiculous by himself. And I'm sitting there. and I'm like, they're gonna this do game this. Game is over. Yeah, and like, then nine straight points Steph, between. I know Steph, Steph misses a three, and I'm like, it was like a minute and a half, two minutes left. Steph misses a three, and I'm like, man, they're not coming back. And then. Clay hits that three. Steph hits a three. Clay hits another three. Yeah. They're up it's by three. I'm amazing. Like, is I mean, I have not hid my feelings and my disdain for the Warriors over the years. Uh, you know, I just this is going to be maybe a little bit of a hot take, but I just think like I really enjoyed. I think it was 2014, the series that where the Warriors played Denver. I, honestly, I don't even remember who won that series. It might have. It might have been the year where. The Warriors beat the Nuggets and then maybe lost to the Clippers in the next round. But then Mark Jackson gets fired. But I just remember, like, the third quarters, like, that just became, like, Steph Curry time. And the thing that I loved about him was that he was just killing you and ripping your heart out. And then just, like, hits the chest, points up to to the sky, you know, to acknowledge God and all that. Uh, But then just heads down to the other other end of the court and it was just like such like a humble dude that's just like completely ripping your heart out kind of like KD used to be yeah years ago back in like OKC and stuff like that and I just I loved that about him but now like I just think at, at times and you and I have argued about this but at times there's like just things that he does on the court that I just feel like he gets a pass for like any other superstar does that they they get ripped for that or or guys are trying to fight them or whatever but because it's Steph I just feel like he is given a pass that other guys well, are not I know I was watching um first take and Kendrick Perkins uh Kendrick Perkins goes on and you're saying how you know Steph blew blew the game, blew the series pretty much because he missed that that final shot game six, yeah. and he was saying the same thing. Like the league player, like everybody gives Steph like he's the the baby face assassin. He's like the 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 pretty boy. He's the kind of the the baby face of the NBA, like the golden boy. Yeah. Um, and everybody kind of gives him a pass instead of you know, they they were talking about Clay's injury. More so than, hey, you know, Steph missed this final shot. Clean look. Didn't have a great game. Didn't have a great game at all. And they were like, if that was KD, you guys would be all over. Or him. LeBron. If it was LeBron, you'd be all over him. Or Harden. So I understand. I understand where, you know, some of the frustration, anger towards Steph comes from. Um, I think just him going to the finals five years in a row, that team being as good as they are. Um, kind of give gave him a little bit of leeway to act the way he did or whatever um but we'll see what happens next year i, I i'm pretty sure we're gonna get a different Steph, um a more determined and more focused Steph. so i don't think we'll see so much of that celebratory um those actions that right. he would do on the court um but we'll see we'll and that's see. what i'm talking about. i'm not talking about him getting passes for his performance and stuff like that because 
I think Steph is going to end up being an all-time great player when it's all said and done. I mean, but he, he I don't, already is an all-time yeah, great. Yeah, but I don't hold him to the same standard that I hold a KD or a LeBron. And that's that's where I differ from some people, not everybody, but I don't hold him to the I, same standard. I don't think you can put the same amount of pressure on a Steph Curry yeah. that you can on a guy, LeBron James, who's 6'8", yeah. 260. Like, we, yeah, we just talked are, about this. Yeah, He's always going to be limited by his physical stature. Exactly. They're yeah. two different human, like, yeah. LeBron's just, like, on another level of, like, human specimen like you know for sure like he's he's pretty much like a god when it comes to like nba physical gifts that you can have lebron's like on the mantle yeah um if you could create a basketball player in a lab it would look like lebron james how many people would you say have the body type that steph does like around the world like you see dudes at the rec every every see, Friday. Yeah, you can find somebody at Walmart yeah. that looks like Steph, like height wise, body, like physical, like physically that looks like Steph. LeBron James, you you don't find that's like that, one in a generation. That's, that's part of what makes Steph so popular is that because of the fact that he is slim, he is you know on the shorter side, he's not explosively athletic. People are like, oh man, like like that is attainable, even though it's really not. And that's part of the problem with. You do go to the the rec and you go to the YMCA and you you go to some of these high school games and you see kids that are just chucking the ball from 25 feet because they're saying, man, I, I could potentially be the same size as Steph. And if I hone my shooting to a certain extent, I could be Steph Curry. But his just innate ability to shoot a basketball is just as otherworldly as LeBron James' athleticism. So he kind of gives you this, you know, fake or like pseudo ideal in your head that you can attain that when realistically you can't because he's the greatest shooter to ever walk the face of the earth. But back to, back to my main point, I don't necessarily like the warriors, but after a game like that where clay and Steph, you know, they play so well in the last minute of that game. And just when they had no business winning that game to, to force another game in Oracle, no matter what happens, you know, going into the future with this team, you have to give them your respect 100%. Yeah, and I was like I po- I posted on Twitter that I'm going to call this series the Heart of the Champion series for Golden State just cuz you know, they don't know if they're going to get KD back. He comes back gets hurt. Game 6, last game in Oracle, um, you know, winner go home. Clay goes up for that dunk. Danny Green kind of gives him a little bump, falls awkwardly on his knee, or falls awkwardly, messes up his knee, goes down, holding his knee. You know, he's getting pretty much carried. Like, you know, other guys are helping them walk to the back. They're like, hey, Clay, you have to shoot free throws if you want to come back into the game. Comes back running. Right. Shoots the free throws, starts jogging to the other side of the court. I love Clay. Jumping. And then they're like, no, 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 you have to come out. Right. And then you find out later, torn ACL. What did I text you that night before yeah. we knew what happened? I was like, I just hope it's not an ACL. Yeah. I wake and I up. I said to you, I was like, I don't think it is just because I was like, maybe it's a moving. hyperextension, hyperextended knee just because the way he's moving. The guy was jumping in the hallway. Yeah. Like, I don't I, know, it's I ha- crazy. I have a question, and I don't think that I've expressed this to anyone else. I don't think I've talked to anybody about this on Twitter. Let's hypothetically say 
KD never tries to come back in game six or game five. I'm sorry. One, the Raptors probably win that game because I think I think they were up by like 11 at that point when KD went out or they got they extended the lead to 11 at one point. Eight or 11, yeah. Okay. So let's just say KD never comes back and the Warriors do win game five. If game six, when Clay goes down, let's say, you know, he goes back to the locker room and, and they're just kind of, you know, testing things out and everything like that. I think Clay comes back in that game and finishes the game, and then I think we find out later on that he tore his ACL. I think because what happened with KD in Game 5, I think they took extra precautions that they wouldn't necessarily have taken because the way he's moving and jumping around, if he tells you, like, I'm good, I I can play in this game, like, just go for it. And had they had, you know... Eventually, we'll get to the point where we'll be able to know what these injuries are. Like as soon as they happen, we'll have MRIs and all of these, you know, you know, facilities and all that stuff. But if it comes to the point and you're like, because when they're testing him, they probably said like, you know, if you go back out there, there's a chance that you could tear your ACL. So we're not going to let this happen to another one of our guys. But if you're in that locker room and you go, well, you definitely tore your ACL. You're not going to make it worse if you can play on it. Play on it. I'm, I'm, How do you clear your ACL though, and then just? I mean, Phillips Rivers played a playoff game with a torn ACL. Tiger Woods played an entire golf tournament. I mean, golf isn't the same thing as basketball, and Philip Rivers isn't running all over the place like Clay Thomas, Clay Thompson. Sorry, but if anybody, I mean, I, I think this guy showed that if anybody is tough enough to be able to play through that injury, well, he's the kind of guy that played through it. This is might the, not be possible, yeah. but. I, I think he would have tried to give it a go. Obviously, he was going to. He was ready to come back in that yeah, game. To me, Clay Thompson is one of the most underrated players. Like everybody knows how good Clay is, but this guy is like so underrated. Like he's to me, he's not appreciated enough. No when way. When it comes to like all time, like top players in the league. To me, I think it's insane um, that some people but, don't think he could be the number one option on a good team. Yeah, because he's not like, I don't know. He he can shoot. He's not like a attack the basket kind of like finesse. Which I I guess that's why people don't think he could be like a number one for a championship team, but um, I you know I was watching TV you know ESPN all that stuff and they were saying that his dad, uh, Clay Thompson's dad, uh, Michael Thompson, um, was in the locker room making sure like Clay he's like did you hear a pop? And he said name? no. He said no. But do you think? His dad being there, being part of the NBA, knowing how his son is, you think his dad was like, hey, you're not going back in. Unless you're feeling 100%, you're not going back in. You're not risking this kind of, you know, you're you're a free agent this summer. It's not worth the risk. You know, his dad telling him that where KD was in Toronto, who, who'd he have that was, you know, telling him, you know, Hey, don't, don't take the chance. Don't take a chance. Cause from, from what I heard was that, yes, he was fine. Um, Kevin Durant was fine with the, the calf. Like they, you could see him like jumping and dancing pre. Oh yeah. Right. He, he was loosening up. He got warmed up. What happened was they called a timeout or something. He went to the bench. They iced it. They oh, iced wow. his whole leg from his, his I calf, did see him on the bench. With, yeah. His calf and Achilles. But, yeah. Right. I and saw that, Andre Iguodala with the same thing. That could be a, a possible reason why wow. 
he, it tightened he, back up. It tightened back up. And then he went up, to push off it. And he got too he got comfortable in the game. Instead of just being like if Kevin Durant would have just went to played the game though he should have, which was just hey, be like a spot up shooter. Spot up shooter, yeah, post take, ups. That's it. Not even a post up. The guy could just shoot. Right. Like who's gonna leave? That's Kevin all Durant they needed. Open? They just needed somebody needed else to somebody space the floor. Score. So it feels that, but no, he had to take that dribble where he's turning around, he's feeling loose. Right. That's where he goes down. Um, it's just, it's just crazy to th- the way it happened, but obviously, like nobody would have guessed that Clay was gonna tear his ACL. Yeah. But you think could it could have been all the the minutes? Like, um, I know Steve Kerr was mentioning like going to the finals five times in a row, a hundred I mean, plus games a season. Does that play? Not not to bring up my boy here. But LeBron went to eight straight finals. I mean, yeah, he, he slipped and hurt his groin this year, but that was like a freak accident. But we, were, we some people are built sp- for it, some people aren't. We spoke earlier. LeBron James is a different human being. This is a, that's that's he's, also he's true. He's different. This guy never got hurt in his career until this past season. Well, there's been a lot of talk, especially the last few years, about shortening the NBA season. That's kind of why they did away with some of the preseason games, started the regular season earlier this year spaced it out so there's not so many three games in four nights and so many back-to-backs and stuff like that um bill simmons brought it up on his podcast that you know maybe human beings are just not meant to play this much basketball over the course of what is it basically like nine months so yeah i definitely think there's a lot to that but speaking back to your point about whether michael thompson was like you're not going back out there I don't believe that because I just think that Bob Myers was like, there's no way you're going back out there. He goes back out there. Then they find out later on that he tore his ACL or, I mean, let's say he falls. He, I don't know how you do worse than your ACL, but maybe he also tears his MCL or something while he's out there. Then Bob Myers, it, it's like a witch hunt for his head. KD tears his Achilles very next game. Clay tears his ACL and you let him play. Then all of a sudden, it's the Warriors don't care about their players. Well, they push their guys too hard. Thing, all, those, all those narratives. There's another narrative that, you know, they kind of knew that Kevin Durant was heading out the door. So they were just like, hey, you know, you're kind of already leaving. Why don't you just, like, go out there and play I think and see how it is? I don't think it's true. People are saying that, that push them. you're subconsciously thinking about that. Yeah. That, oh, man, I, we might I, not get too much more out of this guy if he can play. Let's play yeah. even if there's a potential that he could re-injure themselves. I just believe that it's like a Spurs-Kawhi situation where he was given the wrong information. I think it's different, though, because I think Kawhi knew that he couldn't play. He knew he right. wasn't 100%. Kevin Durant felt like he could play. The guy was jumping pregame and dancing. My like- point, My point is that at some point, Kawhi was given information from the Spurs training staff that led him to lose his trust in the staff. That's when he takes his own people, goes to his own doctors and says, no, I'm not okay. I need to get healthy. This is something that could lead to Kevin Durant but I think lo- that, losing trust in the Warriors training staff. I think Kevin Durant went to his own medical staff. That I don't know. I think so. I think I'm pretty sure that's what I heard was that he, they did the team staff and then he got a second opinion somewhere else. Yeah. They still said he was okay to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just details that we're not going to know. Yeah. We'll probably never of course. know. Um, well, I mean, yeah. then it just, my overarching thing of, of this series is one, yes, how hard the Warriors play, but I will always remember games five and six. One, 
because of KD get, getting hurt and then Clay getting hurt, but just how much fight you know the Warriors showed. It was just ridiculous. As happy as I am for Toronto, and I've been hoping that this summer Kevin Durant leaves so we can get back to some kind of normalcy, this is not the way that I wanted to see the Warriors go out. This is not the way that I wanted to see the Raptors win the championship. Not taking anything away from them, but it just sucks that it had to come down to two of the best players in the league that are going to miss almost the entire season next year. Yeah. Now, we thought that maybe if KD left the Warriors, maybe we would get back to some kind of normalcy in the NBA. Yesterday, I'm at a birthday dinner for one of my uh, ex-co-workers. I get a Woj bomb to my phone. Anthony Davis has been traded to the Lakers. What in the world is happening? You know what's funny is last night we're we're having dinner, um, and I look at my phone, and I get a text message from you, and it says AD, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So I'm like, oh, man, let's see what happened. I go on Twitter because Twitter's basketball. Like, yeah, that's where I go. To that's where I get news. all my news. And I'm looking through Twitter and it's just everybody. AD to the Lakers. AD to the Lakers. So like, Here we go. I wasn't shocked. Like, I was just like, oh, I think like it, everybody's it been expecting something was going to happen with AD. Was it going to be the Lakers? Was it going to be the Celtics? Was it going to be the Knicks? Whatever. Yeah. I Him going to the Lakers, it was just like. Okay, now it's actually happening. It yeah. wasn't like, oh my god, he went to he went to the Lakers. It was just like, oh, it's finally going through. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's actually happening now. A lot of things, you know, still need to be panned out. Some people are are saying they're going after Kyrie. Some people are saying they're going after Kemba. I, I mean, well, from all sources, it looks like Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn. Um. Signing with uh, Rock Rock Nation, yeah. Um, so he might he might just go to Brooklyn. Well, now all the reports from New York so are coming out saying that he's been wanting to play with AD. Him and LeBron kiss and made up, and you know whatever the case may be with those guys, we know they have championship history together. We'll have to see what happens. But part of me is just like, and then people are talking about like Kawhi. Like if that happens, like we just need to like just. I'm gonna boycott the NBA. If just that happens. just. Give, them, give the them the title, yeah. and let's just fast forward to the next year, like roll it over. Like, I will completely 100%, unless the Magic are playing, boycott the Western Conference. Like, Western Conference playoffs, like, I'm always going to watch the finals, but like, I just want some normalcy. Like, if I want to, I want to be able to, like, nah. guess, like, if it's a maybe finals, these three or four teams might be able to win a championship. And if they get, like, another high level guy, like, if they get Kawhi, like, what the heck are we doing? If it's a finals. Where we're looking at a Lakers team with Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, you can say right there the top three players in the league. Yeah. If Durant's you know, if Durant's not that's in, that's fact. top three players in the league. Yeah. On one team, I'm not watching the finals. I'm not I can't just as a basketball fan, I can't no, not, not watch the that's finals. That's not basketball. That's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters play. <laughs> that's it's too much. Oh you're, my you're not God. gonna you're not gonna get any enjoyment out of that. That's like watching a uh, a varsity team plays some like peewee team right well then the other thing is just like okay Kawhi's like what 27 28 anthony davis is 25 those guys come and they like song lo- long-term deals with the lakers we're not just looking at a two three year window with lebron we're looking at almost 20 we're, years we're looking yeah we're looking at like another seven eight years of the lakers being great and 
I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, Will, but at some point I want to see the freaking Magic win an Orlando, like Listen, win a championship and bring the Larry O'Brien I, trophy to Orlando. I don't like the Lakers. You're gonna steal Shaquille O'Neal away from us. Oh, here we you're go. You're gonna beat us in the finals, and then you're gonna you're gonna take over for the next ten take years. Take Dwight Howard. No. How like as we talk about Golden State being, you know, the Warriors being so good the last five years, we need some change. The Lakers are probably the what the number one franchise behind Boston with championships, but over the last sixty years, the Lakers have always been in the playoffs, have been like in title contention almost every year except these past like six, seven years since you know the the Kobe Bryant injury and blah blah blah. But I'm done with the Lakers. I don't want to hear anything. Now they get LeBron cool last summer. He gets hurt. That's great. They don't make the playoffs even better. Then they get Anthony Davis. Now they're back into title contention. Oh, my God. Here comes all the bandwagon fans of the Lakers. Oh, I've always been a Lakers fan. Blah, blah, blah. I hate the Lakers. I'm- I haven't seen you this mad since Kyle Lowry got that offensive rebound over DJ in game three. Dude, I'm – I don't like the Lakers, man. I'm just I'm tired of the Lakers. It's right. always That's it's fair. like the Dallas Cowboys of the NFL. It's like even when they're not good, they're still being talked about. Yeah, no matter what happens. Like last year, LeBron James is on the team, so they're gonna talk about it. The year before Alonzo gets drafted, so that's all they're talking about. It's Alonzo and, and Lavar. The year before that it's Ingram. You know, it's just like Right. You know No matter what happens, they're always gonna be talked about. It it's insane. And then now they're gonna be good again for a champion. <sighs> My boy Will coming oh, with the man. hot takes. Coming with the hot takes. Go. All right, guys. That's that's mainly – I mean, we kind of went pretty long-winded there, but a lot has happened in the last week. Uh, we haven't talked to you guys, so we wanted to bring up some of that stuff. Uh, but we're going to talk – you know, we're just really going to have a, co- a casual conversation about the draft. Um, we talked, you know, about a bunch of different guys. Last week we went into their stats and where they might get taken, and we talked a little bit about what we thought about them. This week we're really just going to, you know, hone in on the guys that – most of you guys have been talking about, we've been talking about some of these guys the Magic have worked out for or have been in speculation about um, you know, who they're going to take and all that stuff. So five guys, we're just going to have a, a general conversation about these five guys. Nikel Alexander-Walker, Tyler Hero, Kevin Porter Jr., Romeo Langford, Cam Johnson. Me and my boy Will are going to talk about this. Me and Stephen Cameron from the Close Up Magic. We also brought him on. Him and I recorded a conversation a few weeks back. Excuse me, a few days back. Great conversation. I think you guys are going to really enjoy that. But uh, me and Will are going to go over a few of our takes here. So let me just start this by, by asking you. If you have the 16th pick and you can use any mechanism to get any one any one of these five guys here. You can take them at 16, you can possibly trade up. I don't know exactly how we would do that. You could trade back for any one of these guys. Who's the number one guy on this list here that you're going to that you would take? It'd probably be Alexander Walker to me. He's just long, he can shoot from the outside, can uh shoot off the the move. Right. Um, He's got good passing ability. He can see the floor. I think that's just somebody that we need more than anything is somebody who can, you know, take a defender off the dribble, who can pass, but also who can shoot. It's just like we need that two-way guard, and he's a combo guard. Right. You know, two years in Virginia Tech, um, averaged 16 points a game, um, four assists, four rebounds. like, And he's only 20 years old. I think he'd fit with the, the young core that we have. 
Um, but yeah, we just need like a player that can turn. Not saying like they're we're not gonna get a a McGrady type player, but if no we can get a combo guard, somebody who can fine- who who has that finesse, who can shoot off the dribble, who can who can um you know just attack the basket, shoot without either hand, like stuff like that. I think that's somebody that we need. Um, but yeah. So my guy, and I talked to Steven about this, my guy is also Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Part of it is every single year we go into the draft, I start looking at these prospects, and for one reason or another, I always fall in love with one guy. It happens to me every single year. Back in 2014, it was freaking Dante Exum. I'm not proud of it. Something about who the heck is Aaron Gordon? Yeah, some some no, I knew who Aaron Gordon was, but something about the you know mysterious Australian player, you know he has great size, all this stuff. Now he just hasn't panned out. But at one point it was Dante Exum, um, you know a few years ago it was Jason Tatum, uh, last year it was Luca. So like I always hone in on Luca's one guy. On, yeah, that's a different level. This man. I do this every single year, but part of it is that and. I'll be devil's advocate in, in just a second here. Start talking about some of the other guys, but for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, he's long, not crazy athletic. I've said this athletic enough guy can really shoot it. Good defensive instincts. Like you said, he has a chance to be a really good role player. I think he's also a guy that in that second unit can be like a secondary ball handler. Yeah. You know, I think, too, you know, he moves without the ball. Like, we need guys who can move without the ball. You know, it's like he can do a pick and roll, but we just need somebody who can get their own shot, create their own shot. Um, They don't have to be, like, great offensively, like, superb, like, shooter. Like, he's not the best shooter that's, you know, in the draft. Like, there's probably other players. Like, I was looking at, um, I think his name is Ty Jerome, something like that. He played for... Think Virginia, who who won the who won the championship? Virginia, Virginia. He played for Virginia. Good defensively, can shoot, um, but not very athletic, um, you know, something like that. But we need a guy who can who can move without the ball, who can get create their own shot, who can shoot from three, who can shoot from the inside, just a player like that. Honestly, I really don't know much about Ty Jerome at all, and I'll tell you why. That's because fine. all the mock drafts that I've gone through, I haven't seen us taking him at sixteen with a single one of these picks. I'm, so I have. Won't. So you know much more about him than I do. I've heard his name. I've heard you know that he went to Virginia. That's as much as I know about him. The point that you made is that we just need a guy that can create their own shot. So I'm going to go to another one of these guys. So Kevin Porter Jr. I think out of the five guys that we have listed here, he is the guy that I think. If you give him the ball at the end of the game and you need a guy to create space, rise up, and get a decent shot, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be the best guy at doing that. Some of his handles and separation moves, there was an ESPN special a few weeks back when they were talking about some of these draft prospects. They were talking about Kevin Porter Jr. and the guy from Draft Express, I forget what his name is, but the player that they compared him to as far as his dribble moves, some of his separation, stuff like that, is James Harden. You know, he's got that jab step that he, you know, he has that, that turns into back. that step back. Exactly. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. has worked on that move quite a, quite a bit from the film that, that I saw on that special. The problem with him, and I talked to Steven about this, you and I talked about this last week, is the off-the-court stuff. The multiple suspensions, 
couldn't play consistently enough at USC because he had a thigh injury, stuff like that. Yeah. I think but he missed if, like 10 games, something like that. Honestly, I, I don't I remember exactly like how many games it was. But if this is a guy that our front office decides to take a swing on, this is like a boom or a bust guy. He's either going to come in and he's going to do just that or he, he's just going to flame out. I mean, only average like nine points a game at USC. Part of that is the injury, but part of that is just him being very inconsistent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. What I liked about Kevin Porter Jr., I was watching, I think it was a Bleacher Report video or something that talked about um, the reason he wears number four. Yeah, I saw that, but and I did not watch it. So his his dad was murdered. When he was young, he was four years old. Wow. So there goes the, you know, that's the reason why he wears the number four. Um, and he was saying how, um, you know, like his dad used to play basketball with him. Like his mom was talking about how his dad used to play basketball with him. Um, and that he doesn't remember much about his father. Um, but he, 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 he doesn't like when, when people just call him Kevin Porter. They want to, he wants to make sure, like he feels disrespected when people just say Kevin Porter. He's like, I'm a junior. And right. to me, I feel like the way he talks about wearing the number four, his family and stuff, it just shows me like he's got some kind of heart and like he'll, he'll the play. The character is there. Yeah. I feel like it's just developing him right. into the player that, you know, the magic could possibly want if they draft him. Um, He's long. And like you said, that step back, like it's, that's not an easy shot. No. Uh, and he's not the best shooter. I've practiced it. For hours, and mine is absolute trash. Yeah, he's not the best shooter, but... My, my step back is more of like an Austin Rivers type of step back. That's not something to brag about. But yeah, but you're also not 6'6 six, six no, in the NBA. No, I'm 5'9 and a half in yeah. so, bad bod. But like I said, to me, I feel like he can he can play with a lot of heart, right. which, you know, I feel like goes with the magics, you know, the hustle and heart and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what... Now, I'm not. I did. I did. I think you like retweeted that or something. I did see. I did retweet it. Yeah. So I did see the video. I did not watch the video, but just from what you just said, you know that he wants to make sure that people include Kevin Porter Jr. because you know he wants to remember and honor his father and everything yeah. like that. To me, that shows that you know off the court stuff aside, that like the character like foundation is there. Yeah. If you're a scumbag, that's not something that necessarily you would care about. But he takes pride in in his family and, you know, especially his father who obviously I'm sure, you know, very tragic that, you know, he lost his father. I'm sure yeah. he misses him a lot, but that that just goes to show you that I think that in the right situation and I think Orlando could be a right situation where the culture that's in place is strong enough that you could bring a guy like that along. We we talk about how nobody talks about the Magic. Part of that is a good thing. The Magic have zero locker room drama from what we can tell from the outside. Guys might not be best friends, but guys aren't fighting. Guys aren't talking trash about each other. There's there's not that kind of stuff going on in the locker room. So if he comes into a locker room like that, where there are you know, proven, some proven veterans, there are guys that are young that have potential, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and by all accounts, we know that those guys have incredible character. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that could just fall in line, especially under a front office like John and Jeff, a coach like you know Steve Clifford. So if we take him, I really don't think I'm going to be that worried about the off-the-court stuff. It just depends if they want to take a swing on that guy. Yeah. Another guy that we talked, you and I have talked a lot about, Tyler Hero. 
So guy coming out of Kentucky, highly touted coming out of high school, actually. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that I really wanted to see him come to North Carolina, but a lot of people are looking at this guy like he could be our next J.J. Redick. Very high free throw percentage. I think he shot like 94%. Only shot like 35% from the three-point line, but all indications are that if you can shoot a high percentage and have good form from the free throw line, that chances are you can develop into an elite three-point shooter. If Terrence Ross leaves, Tyler Hero is a guy that could at least come in in that second unit and knock down shots. Worked out for the Magic recently, had dinner with John Hammond and Jeff Weltman. Yeah. So they got to know him, you know, on more of a personal level. And like day by day, as you know, the days go by, I'm talking to myself more into like being at first I was completely against Tyler Hero because I just you know, the athleticism isn't necessarily there. And then, you know, we always joke about length, but the fact that this guy has like a negative two or a negative three inch wingspan was a little bit of an issue. Uh, but then again, I really just didn't watch a lot of him at Kentucky. So I really just wasn't quite that high on him, but just everybody's talking about this guy, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people want this guy. And I don't think it would really that be really be that bad of a pick at 16. Some mock drafts had him going a little bit later than that. But if you're addressing shooting, you and I talked about this. If you're drafting this guy, you're drafting him just because you know that he can develop into an elite shooter. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> the exact same way. The guy can shoot. Um, he can come off screens. Um, and we just we just need that that guy that can make buckets. You know, if you know, we saw it in Toronto. Like we when we played Toronto in, in the playoffs, our problem was that we couldn't make shots and even we had open shots and we couldn't make them if we can get a guy that can knock down a three wide open there goes a couple points that we you know that we didn't get in the playoffs that we can now potentially be getting so yeah i i I like him i like i'm still going with alexander though well let me let me raise the next question to you so tyler hero right we've talked about some of the possible mechanisms to switch picks or to trade back cam johnson is a guy that I think most people would agree taking him at 16 would be a little bit of a reach, but this is a guy who I believe finished in the top five in the entire nation last year, shooting the ball from behind the three-point line. So some people say that this guy is the best shooter in the entire draft. So if you're able to trade back, maybe I, I don't think you're really getting too much value for the 16th pick in this draft, but if you can get like a, a second-round pick or just like an end-of-the-bench guy or, or something like that. But to trade back, get Cam Johnson, you've got a guy who I believe is the same age as Aaron Gordon, and that just is another thing that's crazy when people talk about trading Aaron Gordon. Like, the kid's freaking 23 years old. It, I'm not even going to get into that right now. But Cam Johnson is a guy who, I mean, I've watched a lot of at North Carolina after you know he transferred from Pitt a couple years ago, played a little bit last year, um, was arguably the best player on the Tar Heels this year. Kobe White played really well also. Uh, But the kid can just shoot the ball. I mean, he can put the ball on the floor, take a couple dribbles into the paint, rise up. He's got, like, turnarounds he can hit on occasion. So I think most of these guys were talking about a guy that were playing in our second unit. unit. None of these guys are going to come in and and transform the franchise. Nothing like that. But we're just looking for guys that – Outside of Terrence Ross, the second unit just really could not score unless you were putting Evan Fournier or Aaron Gordon in there. 
But when we look at other guys, like, yeah, we had Jarrell Martin at times. We saw very few and far between. We saw some Melvin Frazier Jr. Um, But, yeah, we just need a guy who in that second unit is going to be able to shoot. And I think Cam Johnson has done a really, you know, great job of that obviously in college but could also be the same thing at yeah, the next if he level can, if he can shoot off of like screens and move without the ball i say draft Which him he if 100% he's available can. um hope like if he's the best available player we need to draft the best available player um but also who fits the needs like i don't want to say we need to draft the best available player and that player be like a center right you know we don't need another center we got mo we got um Jonathan Isaac, players that can play, you know, the big spots. But yeah, definitely if if we can get a player, I like to me honestly, I don't know who we're gonna draft. You know, it's just it depends who's available, right? Right. We don't know who who we're gonna draft. So as long as we can get somebody that can, you know, score and make buckets, that's all that matters. And that they we can like develop them more and more, um, and also somebody who can pass. We need somebody that can like we need some playmakers, right? And like I was saying earlier, we just need somebody who's a two-way player, play offensively but also defensively because we need defense. We don't, I mean, all teams need defense, but our our team was kind of like built around that defense last year. Yeah. Um. So somebody that can come in play defense as well, and has a little finesse to them who can go to the basket, make some floaters or some some um make some magic down low whatever it is and who can also shoot in the perimeter and mid-range because i guess now today's day like nobody likes to shoot the mid-range game and we saw Kawhi killing golden state with mid-range so they got to bring the the mid-range game back well the last guy that i want to bring up here before we wrap up this is going to be like a supersized episode we i didn't think that this episode was going to go quite as long as it has but it's looking like this is going to be like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minute episode. So buckle that seatbelt, drive around the block a few more times. Thanks for rocking with us. Last guy, let's talk about Romeo Langford. So we talked about this guy a little bit last week. Like we both agree that he's like elite skill level of like getting into the paint, finishing at the rim, stuff like that. We talked a little bit about a shooting stroke. Like why is this guy shooting 27%? from the three-point line when a shooting stroke really doesn't look that bad. Don't know about you. thing that I learned this week is he played most of the, this this season either with an injured thumb or injured hand or something. Like his shooting hand Which was messed it, up yeah. the entire season. But he didn't want to you know let his teammates down. So he played the entire season with a, a hurt hand, wrist, thumb, whatever the case may be that Definitely seems like it affected his three-point shooting. People said that he was a much better three-point shooter in high school. I don't know that to be 100% true. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But yeah. if if this guy can heal up his wrist, hand, whatever, and turn into an average three-point shooter, to me that drastically changes my view on Romeo Langford. A guy that can get to the lane like that but can also keep you honest on the three-point line, I mean, I think that's the exact kind of guy that you're talking about. This guy, crazy athletic has the tools to develop into a great defensive player like you were just saying we need, but also a guy that can get to the rim at an elite level, keep the three-point, you know, guys at the three-point line honest. Yeah. I mean, Steven, he said this is his guy. If he has his pick of any of the guys we're talking about right now, he's taking Romeo Langford, and I can't really 
argue that too much. My preference That's would still be pick. Walker, you know, Alexander Walker. But, I mean, if Romeo Langford can, can turn into that type of player, I think you and I both mentioned that Romeo Langford, Kevin Porter Jr. are the two guys that we could potentially pick at this spot that you, you're swinging for a home run but could potentially be like a fringe all-star type player. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I, you know, I, I don't want to, like, keep repeating, repeating the, yeah. it, but um, we just need a guy who can score and that can play defense. Like, at that position, I would say we'd probably need, like, a – I don't want to say we need a point guard because we don't – it depends. It depends if Markel. We do need a point guard. If Markel comes back healthy, we need to operate like we need, we need a point to guard. Operate, yeah, exactly. We need to operate like we need well, a point guard, and the, the hopefully, combo guard, the combo guard would be perfect if we can get a guy right. who can play point, but also Off Markel. Markel comes back, he's a hundred percent can go to the two. That's perfect, and who's long, athletic, and if Romeo Langford is that athletic guy and he can. He can shoot the three if he comes back and his thumbs all good, and can shoot the three. Draft him, like that's what we need. I don't, like I said before, I don't care who we draft as long as they're gonna contribute. Contribute. They're gonna play the way we need them to play. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so speaking about the draft, the last thing I mean, I think you and I have have talked privately. We've talked on the show. That's basically all we've got. Like we don't watch much college basketball i'll tell you i don't there's a couple things about college basketball college sports that i don't like so but anyways we're not here to say we're, we're not here to talk we're about not here that. to soapbox into yeah i don't watch college basketball right it's tough for me to get into college basketball one knowing that these guys may not be here the following year right and have to learn a whole ncaa all over again the following yeah. year it's just too tough and then i like the nba more um so it's Fair. just it's too tough it's a good for me product. To, to watch NCAA basketball all the right. time. So, but doing this, doing a little bit of research on uh, our potential draft picks was was pretty fun. Yeah, this is this has been a lot of fun. Last thing that I'll say is coming into the draft, I just said we need to operate like we don't have a point guard. Yeah, whoever we take here, I think is going to be very telling of what the front office plans to do in free agency. If we come out and we take like a Tyler Hero or a Cam Johnson, to me that could be a sign that Terrence Ross is kind of on his way out the door. But seeing all the posts that Terrence Ross has been posting, if leads you to believe that he's coming back. Listen, this guy. I'm gonna switch up the mood a little bit. Go ahead, real quick. Alex Martins, if you're out there, I know you don't listen to us, but if you are, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, if you're listening to our show. At this point in time, first of all, what are you doing? You're rich. You definitely have better things that you could be doing right now. Second of all. I mean, debatable. Do you see the amount of love that this man, Terrence Ross, is giving our franchise? Nobody, arguably past or present, rocks the Orlando Magic merch more than our boy, Terrence Ross. This man wants to stay in Orlando. The fans want to keep him in Orlando. The human torch needs to stay lit. Do the right thing. Bring Terrence Ross back. That's all I've got to say. I agree. I agree. Very profound statement, Will. Yes. But, yeah, this draft I think is going to hint a little bit. Like, if we reach and we take, like, the like KZ Akpala or whatever, to me that oh. tells me, the kid from Stanford, we talked a little bit about him. But 
that tells me like Fultz is not close to being ready. Like if we reach and take like a point guard or, or something like that. So the draft is going to be very interesting in telling us possibly which way things are going to go. Yeah. Steven threw one thing at me. I don't know how much you know about this guy, but it terrified me when he said this. What do you do if Bull Bull falls to 16? Do you know who Bull Bull is? Yeah, I don't I don't think we draft him. Why not? Just no. Why not? Uh, we don't we don't need a guy that big <laughs> right now. We got Mo. I'm just terrified. Like he, I'm quick, pretty sure he quick. had a, a pretty significant foot injury this year. And big guys with foot injuries, I hear most some, of the time it doesn't turn out so well. I haven't watched too much of him. I hear there's some issues, like whatever. But what happens if Taco Fall is available with the 46 pick? Do we draft him? Seven seven. Thanks for seven listening. This has been seven. the six man. Sh- no. Seven foot seven. No. You can't teach height. You can't teach it. You can, you can't teach he's, height. He went to UCF. You can teach somebody how to be they a almost, good basketball player, and I don't think he's a good basketball player. They almost beat Duke. They almost beat Duke. This is Remember what this that. is what I'll say about Taco Fall is like, I I didn't see like the motor. I didn't see like the physicality. I didn't see him taking advantage of the fact that he's seven six or whatever. Seven foot seven. Whatever seven. You don't teach height. He's gonna be taller than ninety nine point nine percent of the league. Okay, he was he was taller than a hundred percent of the NCAA and didn't take advantage of it he in was the NCAA Duke tournament. The business, whatever. Zion couldn't handle him. Do we draft him with forty six pick? God help us, no. I, I mean, like to me, if they take that, it's just to like get UCF kids to come to the Listen, Magic games. Tweet us, Instagram us, let us know forty six pick. You guys can tweet at will all you want. I don't Taco Fall, yes or no? UCF. Please, God, no. Orlando. All right. All right. So now we're going to bring on Stephen Cameron. You guys are going to hear my, you know, his and I, uh, com- his and I. How do I? I can't speak right now. You're going to hear mine and Stephen's conversation about a lot about what Will and I just talked about. Uh, we go into a little bit more depth, you know, on, on each player. You know, we, we also talk a little bit about the Anthony, uh, I'm sorry, the KD, Clay. Toronto Raptors winning the championship, all that good stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll start the the uh, conversation with Stephen Cameron right now. All right, Orlando Magic fans, you might know him from the Close Up Magic Show. We've got our boy Stephen Cameron with us this week. How you doing, Stephen? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I always enjoy listening, and it's always a pleasure to come on and uh, talk a little basketball. It's the weekend now, so I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Of course. Of course. Yeah, doing? we're recording. I'm doing really well, man. Uh, you know, you had me on the show, so had to return the favor, bring you on. Um, yeah, we're recording this Friday night, the night after the, the end of the finals. Toronto are the champions. Oh, man. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Dude, it just feels like in the last, what, three or four days, the entire landscape of the NBA has changed. I mean, if you talk about... Kawhi Leonard, you know, bringing Toronto their first championship. He sounds like he still might be leaving for L.A. I really don't know. And then just the incredible, terrible injuries to KD. And we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we lost KD. And then Clay is on what looks like a fast break, going for a, a layup or a dunk, gets fouled by Danny Green, hits the ground, hits the deck, grabs his knee. And it's just like, oh, my God, there's no way that my first initial thought was like, there's no way he just tore his ACL. 
Like, so he gets up, he's jumping around. I'm like, all right, maybe he didn't tear his ACL. Maybe Leaves he's the game, good. Comes back, hits the free throws, and then he goes back to the locker room. You think he's going to be fine, and then five minutes later, it's like Clay's not coming back. And then this morning, I wake up and, and Clay tore his ACL. So, what like what's going through your head, man? Like, what is going to happen next year with the NBA? So, first off, just some general thought on the on the on the finals in general. I man, I had a hard time after like game three. I had a hard time really getting into the finals. To be honest, I watched every game and and was excited to see the outcomes of it. But it just seemed like there was so much drama outside of the actual basketball being played on the court, whether it was injury right. or a dumb owner like being stupid on the sidelines or Drake or this or that. It just there's so much outside stuff other than the actual basketball play in some in some aspects it like it sort of turned me off of it a little bit but as far as like the landscape of the of the of the NBA with Kevin Durant and Kate and 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 Clay being injured for next season it's I don't know if it necessarily changes a whole lot outside of the KD thing like we all knew Clay was going to resign with the Warriors. Anyone who thought else, you know, thinking he would go to the Lakers or somewhere else is honestly, it's that was never a thought in his mind. Um, the way this town loves him, the way he fits in with Steph here, the way he talks about this team, like outside of national media, it just wasn't, it's not a, not a question in my mind that I ever think he was leaving. So him, he's going to resign. They're going to offer him a max. Um, I saw that come out this morning that they're yeah. still offering him a max to stay and he'll sign it and he'll get his money and he'll be there for the next five years. It'll be great. Um, <clears throat> KD, he complicates things a little bit. Um, does he pick up his $30 million player option? That's possible. Instead of going and teaming up and being healthy with, you know, potentially Kyrie over in Brooklyn or the Knicks, wherever he decided to go, or if maybe he decided to go down to um, L.A. and play on the Clippers or something like that, there's, like, we don't have to worry about Katie next year, and it kind of sucks because, you know, he's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen in my life. Um, but... You know, he'll be back and some other team will get an opportunity to to take the crown next year. And I really think with both Clay and KD being down, it's it's anyone's game because Steph, even with Draymond Green, he's not going to they're not going to have a crazy roster change. Uh, next year unless they trade someone drastically big um, to where they're going to be able to bring in much better talent than what they currently have. might be a little bit more of a balanced roster, but it's not going to be significantly more talented in my opinion. Um, so I don't think Steph can – I mean, yeah, they can get to the playoffs probably with Steph, but I don't know if him and Draymond can can bring it to a contending level. Um yeah, so it's really just kind of it's anyone's game, man. I really think right. anyone has the opportunity to, to make it. Um, I think Milwaukee's going to be, you know, definitely a handful. If Kawhi stays with uh, the Raptors, they could easily get back to the finals. It, it could be anyone's game. I don't know. It's crazy. It opens it up for anyone. Well, I, I I think it's interesting what you said about how so much of the finals was what was going on off of the court with the Kawhi, is he staying? Is he leaving? Kevin Durant, is he staying? Is he leaving? Yeah, the the stuff with Drake, which th- you see that video of him last night, like the I want my chip with the dip, like all of that thing. 
No, I didn't see it, but you're, I wouldn't you're, be surprised. You're better. You're better for not seeing it. Go once we're done. Go take a look at it. It's just so corny, but okay. Um, and then I mean the the injury stuff with with KD was he going to play? Was he not going to play? I think yeah, like games one, two, arguably three, like weren't that great, but like especially games five and six, like to me are always going to remember them. One, unfortunately, KD gets hurt. Game six, Clay gets hurt, but still phenomenal games, like phenomenal basketball. Oh, Both sure. of those games felt like game sevens. Just just great basketball. And now going back to what you said about the Warriors and, and KD possibly picking up that $30 million option, as far as obviously the short term, having $30 million tied up in a guy who's not going to play potentially, I mean, for an entire year from now, uh in the short term, the Warriors are probably better off with KD not taking that option and heading out east. Because Clay's done, KD's done, at least for a year. So it's going to be Steph and Draymond, and with no cap space to bring in anybody else. And I think all next season, you'll see exactly what Toronto was doing last night to, to the Warriors and, and to Steph. Just trapping him as soon as he comes across half court forcing the ball out of his hands, and then it's like, well, who else is going to score? It's not going to be Draymond. Boogie Cousins tried to get his you know, his free ring for $5 million or whatever he made this year. He's more than likely going to go somewhere else to, to get paid. Uh, you know, Outside of if you know, KD leaves, then maybe they decide, oh, well, why don't we just keep Boogie? But if, they, if, if KD stays, the, the Warriors are going to be really terrible next year. But then the following year, you're going to have Clay and KD coming back. Even if KD's 80%, KD is still better than 90% of the league at 80%. So my hope is still that KD leaves so that we can get some sense of normalcy and parity back in the league. It's going to be interesting to see what KD actually wants and values, especially now after his injury, where he knows, yeah, he's going to come back. He's still going to be a big threat. He can shoot the ball like crazy. Maybe his explosiveness and some of his isolation might be diminished a little bit, but he's still going to be a phenomenal player. Um, But, you know, it's funny because, like, the Warriors came out when they said they were going to give Clay a five-year deal. They also said they were going to give KD a a max five-year deal, and if he wants to stay, they would love to have him stay. So it's... It's going to be interesting, especially now with this injury, knowing that he might be half a step slower and not the most dominant guy in the league anymore. Like, does that give him incentive to stay with Steph and Clay and continue this? And, you know, I don't know the finances on how the Warriors can make it work, um, but it'll be interesting. I, my, I live in Oakland, right? And I think one thing that the, the national media doesn't understand is is how much Kevin Durant actually does enjoy it out here. It's stuff that we see out here as a local. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like I've had any interaction with them, but just like the buzz around town and and you know what we see on the local radio and and the and the local um, you know blogs online websites where right. we just see and hear stuff and the interaction and the interviews that like I hear on a regular basis um, after practices necessarily hear the national media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like just after practice hearing coach talk about him and other players and just how things go. And like, he really does like it here. And I think that is not stated enough. And I think it's really me. I mean, and him because he doesn't 
you know, he, he lets it be media driven about him wanting to leave. And, and, uh, I think this injury does kind of change things a bit to where maybe he, you know, thinks like, Hey, this is where I'm comfortable. I should stay. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I, and one last side note on, on the, on the finals, I, like I said, I live in Oakland. I always wanted the Raptors to kind of win this thing. Um, but I, I was really hoping the Warriors were going to get at least one game at home for the city of Oakland to have one last chance to enjoy Oracle Arena on a win before they move to San Francisco. Yeah, um, yeah, I got you. Yeah. So that's kind of like, I don't know. It's going to be different living in Oakland without basketball here and like having to go to San Francisco. It's, I mean, it's just over a bridge, but it's, uh, it's going to be different. And that arena is going to have the, such a big corporate feel compared to what this arena has. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I get, I get all that. And, uh, the last point that I want to make before we kind of get into some of these drafts, draft prospects, Steven, is that, yeah, a lot of us were rooting for the Raptors, but I don't think any of us feel satisfied today with the way that it went down. Like, yeah, congratulations to Toronto. Great city. Obviously, fantastic team. If Kawhi comes back, they are, I would say, the favorites to to run it back and, and win another championship. But it just doesn't feel right. Like, at what cost? Like, lost KD for a year. Clay's done, you know, for a year. So, as, as great as it is for that city, it just sucks that it had to come with both of those guys, like, you know, sustaining major injuries. I'm going to say that, but then like, let's bring it the opposite a few years back where, you know, the Warriors got their first ring because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were out, you know, and they had major injuries too. And, you know, granted Kevin Love injury wasn't super serious, but Kyrie Irving had an injury that like, was pretty serious and he yeah, still has I'm by, with it. by no means pitying the Warriors. Don't yeah. don't mistake what I'm saying. It's just like you would have liked to see a team overthrow them at like their full power. That's basically all that I'm sure. Saying. No, and I and I agree that would have been nice. Yeah. Um but I just go back and think in history it's like how often do we actually get to see two teams exactly. go at full power and it, and it rarely happens. We we get it. we we almost had it that one year um, with uh, LeBron and the Warriors, but the but but Steph was, even Steph he was somewhat hobbled that year too. Yep. So it was just it's it's just know. so hard to get to that point playing two months of intense playoff basketball and having both squads completely healthy. Yeah, but. it's just pure luck. But that's enough finals talk, Stephen. We're gonna get into our squad, yes. the Orlando Magic. The draft is six days away. I'm stoked. We're just going to talk. Oh, dude, I, I can't wait. Even though we're picking at 16, I'm still like very excited about the potential that this pick has. And even though this it's a very top-heavy draft, it just feels like like we really can't miss. I, I say that lightly because we've missed over and over again. But it just feels like with the new front office that we're going to get a solid role player at 16. Or they're going to maneuver with this pick if they decided to trade it or whatever I just think like we're turning a corner and there's a lot of reasons to be excited about being a magic fan right now can I ask you a quick question of course do you actually think we will be picking pick 16 or do you think that pick will be used whether it's a trade back or a trade out like what do you actually think we end up with a player at 16 or do we do something else this is the thing about our front office is that I don't think anybody outside of the front office really knows what we're going to do. They're, they keep their lips sealed so tightly. If a guy like the guys that we're going to talk about, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 
Kevin Porter Jr., Romeo Langford is sitting there at 16 and we haven't already made a move. I just feel like either of those three guys potentially could just come right in and contribute right away. But if we get some kind of offer where we're able to move off of a Mozgov contract or an Evan Fournier contract and it doesn't cost us a, an asset, I don't think you can turn away from that either. Free up a little bit, you know, more cap space and become more flexible heading into free agency. But then again, like you said about trading back, if a guy that they really value, like a Cam Johnson, if if they really want that pick, I could see them trading back. So honestly, Stephen, I have no idea. How about yourself? <laughs> I I'm honestly going to be a little surprised if we actually pick at 16. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I look at why is that. Well, here's the thing. I think we might have a draft pick. Is it going to be 16? I don't know. Um, I think this team is in a hard situation where we aren't going to have big cap flexibility until the next two summers. But the next two summers, free agent class are pretty garbage. And so I think the next... 2020 is garbage. 2021 is stacked. I I need to relook at that list, but I don't oh, remember it being that good. Yeah, buddy. but and at the Keep same going, point, do up. we want to wait two more years to make no, that big that. swing, right? And so if if they, I think this front office, if they see an opportunity to get someone they really like, and it means semi gutting part of the roster and and dumping Evan and getting stretching Mozgov and not having this pick um and re- not re-signing Vooch or Ross or something like that I think I wouldn't be surprised that they go for it or do a trade back or something I just there's so many different things going on right now and so much movement in the league that I just will be very surprised if if we keep this pick at 16. Now, if we pick at 16, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But right. I there's a big feeling that I, I just have like it something might happen to where it might not be big. Maybe it's just a simple trade back three, four spots. Right. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling something is going to happen. Well, we're going to find out pretty shortly here. Like I said, we only have about six more days. Let me just run through this this free agent list for you. So the first one, two, three, four names I'm going to name are player options, and then the rest are unrestricted free agents. So we've got Chris Paul, LeBron, Blake Griffin, Paul George, but then we've got Gordon Hayward, Mike Conley, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, CJ McCollum, Otto Porter Jr., Drew Holiday, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, Andre Drummond, Giannis, Steven Adams, LaMarcus Aldridge, like it just goes on and on, dude. Like it's Victor Oladipo, um, Evan Fournier, thank God. Um, but there's there's some some heavy names in there. And if you're one of the teams that's able to open up cap space in 2021, which it seems like quite a few teams are going to have cap space, uh, obviously with all those guys coming off of the books. But uh, I definitely agree with you that 20. 20 draft class is not so much to be desired, but if they're setting up cap space to have a lot in 2021 where maybe we're ready to, to make that leap into the upper echelon of the, the East, hopefully, um, that could be a, an exciting offseason as well. Yeah, potentially. I think so. But like, I mean, at that point, you know, you got to hope some things go right, because if you don't get someone in that summer um, and we strike out, because I'm looking down that name. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of guys that might be interesting, but like... 
Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Chris Paul, those guys are all going to be way too yeah. old at that point and injury-driven. Um, Drew Holiday might be someone we would go after. He's, he would still be somewhat young around then. Hey, um, a, lot of, a lot of things can change in two years, though. We're not, yeah. We don't know what the Magic look like two years from now, but no, I, yeah, you're don't. absolutely right. I'm just, I don't know. I'm more worried that if we don't do something this year and let, you know, if we just kind of roll it back, uh, I, you know, this summer and the next year that we're not going to have an opportunity unless it's a big trade the following year to do something. And then by that, you got one year left. And if let's say Aaron Gordon is blossoming and this team is still just a first round exit every season, like he's not going to resign the following year. So I just, uh, you know, I don't know. The more I think about it, big picture, long term, the more I'm like, I'm not saying we need to blow it up and do desperate moves, win now moves, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did if they did do a did do something on draft night. Well, we've got once again we've got six days to to <laughs> we'll find figure out, it man. out and and we'll see. It's just it's kind of crazy that everything is coming to a head so quickly that in six days we've got the draft and then on the thirtieth you know free agency starts. So just a lot is going to happen for the Magic in the next few weeks. Here, there's a lot of things to be excited about. But uh, with no further ado, Stephen, let's go ahead. Let's get into some of these draft prospects. If we do keep let's the do pick it. at 16, you know, the pick that we have right now, uh, let's talk about some of these guys that are potentially um, going to be there for us. So I think one of the first guys that everybody is, is, has talked about, everybody's been ranting and raving about, it seems like I want to say either like 50 to 60% of Magic fans that um, I talk to on Twitter that, you know, we both interact with, a lot of people are leaning towards Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So what kind of what are your thoughts on on him? How do you think he would fit with the team? I like Nikhil Alexander Walker. I to me, out of some of the guys in our range, he's one of the more well-rounded basketball players as far as um, what he's able to do. Um, but I don't think his ceiling is really all that high. Um, I, I I like the way he shoots the ball. I like the way he can create space and get to the rim. Um, but he seems to lack some of the athleticism, some of the explosiveness. He sometimes just seems a little slow. And I don't know if that's something that can, I mean, if you don't have it at a young age, I don't know if that's something you're really going to have two or three years from now, if if you don't already have it, like as a 19 year old, 20 year old from college, um, that's when you should be some of your most energetic playing and not, you know, I don't know. It just seems weird. Um, so I feel like he might have a ceiling of like a six man. Um, but he is really high on my list. I'd be super stoked to have him. I think he is one of the more well-rounded basketball players. I like his decision-making. I like his, um, like I said, I like how he gets to the rim and can shoot the three nicely. He's got the measurements that we all like as far as, you know, he, he's he's a he's a decent-sized guard um, that that is not, you know, it's got a decent wingspan. I don't remember the measurements off the top of my head, but he's, you know, He's not a negative wingspan, and when it comes to this basketball team, you got to be at least a positive for us to consider you. He's not Tyler Hero. He's not Tyler Hero. Not that I'm not a fan of Tyler Hero, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Sure. Yeah, a lot of the points that you made about Nikhil, I feel the exact same way. A kid that can shoot it really well, um, spotting up anyways. I think the the ball handling and shooting off the dribble might come with time, but I think if you're the Magic and you're, you're taking him, you're not really asking him to do that. Like you said... 
I think most of these guys at 16 don't really have that high of a ceiling, and I think that's probably why if we take them, they'll be there at 16. But I feel like Nikhil is a guy that can come in from day one and contribute with his shooting. And yeah. You know, we, we've had a few conversations on Twitter lately, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you can get shooting anywhere. Well, really, if that's the case, why don't we have shooting? Why every season for the last seven years we're like, we look around and we're like, you know what? We could use some more shooting, guys. So I think with this pick, that's to me, yes, you want to take best player available, but we need a guy who might not be a great shooter from day one, but a guy that will be able to develop into that. Now, Nikel, you know, he shot 37% from the three-point line in college. NBA 3 is a few feet, you know, further than that, but he's got a solid form, uh, is a guy that could be like a secondary playmaker. Ball handling is is decent. It's not, he's not Kyrie or Curry or anything like that, but I think it is a guy that, you know, if he puts a little bit of muscle on, you can put the ball in his hands. He'll be able to, t- to get to the rim and I mean, his his vision is fantastic as well. I mean, he makes great passes, you know, skip passes into the corners and stuff like that. So, like you said, not crazy athletic, but I think he's athletic enough. And, yeah, I mean, and that's sort of what I was saying, like, when I say he's the most well-rounded, in my opinion, where, like, he does a lot of things For really sure. nice. He's not, like, mind-blowing at any of them, in my opinion, but he does a lot of things really nice. He's not, like... I'm not worried about this guy being a bust. I just don't know if yeah. he's ever going to be a consistent starter on a competitive, like a, an elite p- playoff basketball team. Um, right. He might be able to do some spot up minutes. I don't, you know, maybe I just, he might be like a Fred Van Vliet. I mean, that maybe, guy did pretty well, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, he did decent. <laughs> uh, he had a nice, yeah, he did really well. He um, it but the last couple rounds. Like, he definitely. He definitely can contribute to a basketball team. He definitely has a role on a team. Um, you know, this, this, this basketball team, uh, the Magic, we were one of the worst offensive teams in the league, and last year, and we rolled we this. Need somebody dice. that can put it in the bucket. We need someone that can put the ball in the bucket, right? And maybe he's not that go-to guy for the starting unit, but maybe he could be that go-to guy or semi-secondary go-to guy on the second unit. We're definitely going to need some more. Um, you know, some more help on, on both units if, right now. So if we bring Ross back, I could see him and Ross being a lot of fun in that second unit. Him, Ross, and whatever point guard we have uh, running that, you know, let's say Fultz is on the second unit, like the three of them would probably pr- be pretty nice off of each other and be yeah. able to play. I mean, he's he's got the size enough, in my opinion, to play a little bit of um, the three. I mean, he's he's six five, so he's not exactly a, a small guy. Um, you know, he could play the the small forward, in my he's opinion. Just so, um, yeah, he's a little on the small size, but you know, he'll he'll be able to like bulk up. A yeah, little he'll bit, fill out. You know, he should. So. So the other guy that, that we actually just mentioned a couple minutes ago, Tyler Hero. This is a guy, especially in the last couple of weeks, you know, since well, last week or so since he had his workout, you know, here in Orlando with the Magic, went to dinner with John Hammond and uh, Jeff Weltman. So did uh, Nikel. But this is a guy within the last, uh, I'd say, like week and a half to two weeks, is gaining a lot of buzz, you know, around the Magic fans. Yeah, what do you I like, think of Hero? Yeah, I like Tyler Hero, man. I think, I mean, obviously, like. Wh- the thing that sticks out with this guy is his shooting, right? He's he, that, that almost goes without being said. He's one of the best shooters in, in the draft, in my opinion. Um, he, he moves nice without the ball, gets to his spots, and lets it rip, has a really nice form, and the ball goes in a lot, a lot. He's a really nice shooter. Um, you know, 
we sort of talked about it uh, briefly there for a second. Wingspan. He's going to have his, um, you know, his question marks on what his ceiling is as well. Can, can he's got a negative? What is it like a negative three wingspan or something negative like that? Two inches or ne- yeah, yeah something like it's that. it's not exactly uh, what Ideal. you want in the NBA. Um, typically, NBA players with negative wingspans have difficulty on defense, and um, you know he also with having a negative wingspan when he's playing against some of the bigger guys, he might have a hard time getting his shot off on some of a bigger a bigger defender on him, not getting the ball blocked out of his hands, but. Um, um, I think he's a fairly safe pick. I think he's another guy that can come in and and give you some scoring if he's got an open look off, uh, you know, on, on whatever unit he's on. If he can get an open look and he gets the ball in his hand, he's probably going to make a few buckets his his freshman year um, as a as a rookie in the NBA. He's he's not a bad pick. I he's another guy I I wouldn't mind. But can I just somewhat transition here for a second? Just because I compare him and Cameron Johnson, like somewhat similar players, there's just like a big age difference. Like if they want a guy that can just shoot threes and kind of be that spot up shooter, um, I would almost like if you're if they somewhat liked what they saw out of Cam Johnson, I would almost trade back a few spots to try and pick him up. Sort of what you mentioned earlier. If you're just looking, you're jumping a little bit ahead. You're jumping a little ahead of me here. I had, I had that conversation mapped out, but we can do this right now. Okay. Let's sorry. Sorry. I I didn't know you had that planned out, but like that's a, I've been thinking about that all day as I've been preparing to talk to you about this, this podcast. And that's something that like the more and more I think about it, the more and more it makes sense for us to do that. What do you think? I I personally, I mean, you can't. I don't know if you can see it, but back there, I've got the North Carolina blanket. I've got a little North Carolina plaque on my wall here. Perfect. I'm a North Carolina guy, so I watched Cameron Johnson all year. Like you said, one of the best shooters in the in the entire nation as far as three point percentage. Tyler Hero, yes, the guy's got an incredible shooting stroke. Great free throw shooter. His three point percentage left a little bit to be desired. Shot like thirty five percent, but that's what everybody says. That stroke and the free throw percentage just shows you that he's going to grow into an elite shooter. I like the way I he moves without was, the ball too. Yeah, well, Cameron Johnson. I mean, this guy was. Oh, I yeah. think finishing the top five in the nation in three-point percentage, can hit sh- hit like the mid-range shots off the dribble, all that great stuff. So if we trade back and get Cameron Johnson, I will not be mad at all. The thing that I'm worried about is trading too far back and missing him, and then it's like, oh, man, what now? Yeah, so that- if, if you're trading back, you need to know for a fact that you're getting Cameron Johnson, if, if, that's, if that's the plan. If you're trading back for other reasons – that's fine. But if you're trading back because you're hoping a guy is going to be there, I mean, why not pick him at 16 maybe? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think you're you're trading back too far into the 20s. You know, I think at most you trade back to try and pick him up as maybe, uh, you know, somewhere in the 19, 20 range. You're just going back a couple of spots. Um, yeah. You know, the, the only reason why you do that, in my opinion, is, again, we're – we're a team right now that needs to be collecting assets, right? For sure. And if there and is be, any draft to trade back in, it's this, this one. This is the one. This is yeah. the one, in my opinion. And to be honest with you, I really don't know what his draft stock looks like outside of Orlando right now. Uh, most of the mock drafts that I, I've looked at in the past couple of weeks had him going in like the mid to late 20s. So that's why I was thinking of you know trading back that far. But I could totally see him going, like you said, in like the 18 to 19 range as well. But I won't be mad at that pick at all. That kid is going to be 
a great shooter in the league, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, if we trade back to to, to pick 20, let's just throw that right there. You know, I, th- I feel like that's a safe range where you're not going to miss right. out on him, but it might be a reach to grab him there anyways. Like, So you get some form of an asset. Maybe it's a super overly protected first-round pick or like a, second, a couple second-round picks or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what it'll take for us to trade back or someone to want to trade up. Um, but, you know... Th- you grab some form of an asset, and then you get you slightly reach on a player by taking him a couple spots early. Let's say if he was really only going to go at spot, you know, twenty four, then like, dude, that's that's fine. I'm happy with that. Right. A lot of people have said like in this draft, there's no difference between you know like the tenth pick and the eighteenth pick, or the eighteenth pick and the twenty second pick. So we'll we'll see what's what's going to happen. But like the last few guys that we've talked about, guys that more than likely are never going to be like that guy or the guy that is a long term starter. The next guy that I want to bring into this, unless do you have another point? I you was just like going to yeah yeah. Else. I just was going to say one last thing. Like to me, the reason why I like Cam Johnson and Tyler Hero is like I feel like they're both if they can pan out, and maybe a little bit more so Cam Johnson, just because he doesn't have the physical. Um, dimensions yeah limitations that's what i was looking for thank you uh that tyler hero does like if ross does walk you know they are the type of players that can come in and be that sixth seventh man maybe in another year or two when this the nba you know catches up to where they're at or they can catch up to where the nba is at as far as you know development growth and i you know i see them as a really nice guy coming off the bench playing a little bit with that first unit um you know again kind of that Early off the bench, Wessa Wundu, uh, Terrence Ross type role, you know, just coming in quick, get hot off the bench, give you a couple of knockdown shots, hit, you know, you know, two to four three pointers a game. Like that's a pretty nice NBA player if you can get that out of a Cameron Johnson, Tyler Hero. Like that, that's this team needs somebody like that, especially if Terrence Ross leaves. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. If if Ross moves on, both of those guys I think would be a great fit. I'm glad that you brought up things that this team needs because one thing that we've been talking about for it seems like years now is a guy that at the end of the game you can say, "Here's the ball, go get us a bucket." The yeah. next guy, the next couple guys that we're gonna bring up actually, it's probably not going to happen, but. At 16, these feel like two of the guys that if it's going to happen at 16, it could be these two guys here. So the first guy is going to be Kevin Porter Jr. I don't know how much you've been able to watch of this guy. I've, I admittedly have not watched that much of him. But what I have seen from him is like the great separation dribble moves to get himself open. Form is a little bit awkward. He shot a high percentage in college. So... He seems like he could be able to fix that form and even go to the next level as a shooter, but just explosive athleticism in, in oh, KPJ. Dude. Yeah. I like some of the dunks he was throwing down were just like mind blowing. Like, wow. Like this guy is an athlete in my opinion. He, he, he can get to that. 100%. Nicely. Um, I, I like Kevin Porter jr. I really do. There's some question marks with his game. Um, but you know, he can create that separation that you like. He's got a nice little crossover. He can get to the rim. Um, he's the kind of guy that, yeah, if someone can turn into a bucket getter at pick 16, he's one of the guys that can do it. Um, 
the things that question, you know, that, that reserve from, you know, what I've seen, what I've read. It sounds like his explosiveness, those nice highlights, they're just sort of highlights. Like, you don't get that consistency through the game. And he's had a lot of off-court issues, which makes me wonder if his character is a is something that this front office is going to be attracted to because we know one thing that this front office really does value the individual player's character and who For they sure. are as a person, not just what they do on a basketball court. Um, so that that is a question mark for me. But, you know, if he's there at 16 and I am the one making the decision, he's I, I think I, I'm taking him without a doubt. He's a phenomenal basketball player. Um, I, he just I, I think he just needs a really good mentor to help him, like, get his together or get his stuff together sorry <laughs> you're good man i don't uh, know what like, shows i can cuss on i'm sorry we try to keep this yeah yeah pg, PG but, but i got it but you're good don't worry we can edit that out yeah, um, yeah but like but like you said um the the big question mark with him is the off the court stuff yeah and i know that john and jeff are going to vet him they're going to talk to his you know college coaches high school coaches aau coaches old teachers, you know, all of that stuff. If they pick this guy, to me, that's saying that they've done their due diligence and that they feel like the culture that we have set in place with the guys that we have, the high character guys, the coaching staff that we have, the front office that we have, this is a guy that can come in and kind of be molded like into into good behavior. You look at Boogie Cousins, I mean, yeah, the technical fouls are always going to be there. He's a very passionate, emotional guy. But you look at all the antics and stuff like that he had going on in, in Sacramento and even a little bit in New Orleans, but comes to the Warriors this year and by all accounts was just like a model teammate. Um, you didn't hear about the off-the-court stuff or the locker room stuff with, with Boogie Cousins and, and all that stuff. So to me, that just goes to show if you have a solid culture in place, a guy like that can come in and, and kind of fall in line. You look at a guy like J.R. Smith, outside of the you know throwing the the bowl of soup on a coach last year comes to the Cavs you know gets you know embedded in that culture with LeBron James and guy who's a great leader and he's able to get his act together become an NBA champion so if they decide to take a shot on Kevin Porter Jr I, I will have faith that they've done their due diligence they've done their homework on him once again you said about the consistency with him the suspensions I don't think helped. I heard he was battling like a thigh injury for a lot of the year, so that might have had something to do with it. But if you're trying to take a home run swing on a guy that could potentially one day maybe possibly could be an all-star, I think this is one of the guys that you could pick at 16. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I love his game. I think he's he's got a lot of potential. But bringing it all together, that's where I wonder if he's able to do that. You know, I mean, granted... I. He's 19, right? A lot of people have off-the-court stuff at 19. I was by I was no means a model 19. citizen at 19. I was, I was an idiot. So, yeah, it's, it's – uh, it's, and if there's any environment where someone can get in line, I do think the Magic have a really good opportunity of making that environment for someone. Um, they've started to build that culture with Steve Clifford. Uh, they, they've started to build that culture with all the other really positive people, um, class act guys that are on this on this team. So bringing in one young question mark, set him up with a really good mentor and Definitely. get to work. You know, I feel like 
I, I feel like th- this is the team that can take a risk on someone like that. Um, because again, like we need scoring and we have, we've already like solved so many unstable aspects of this franchise in just a couple of years to where like one question mark player isn't going to ruin an entire team. For sure. And at the 16th pick, once again, it, it does feel like you can take a risk. Yeah, you for know? sure. Definitely. Especially in a shallow draft. But it does feel like this team is like one draft pick, like hitting on one draft pick away from really being able to turn the corner like long term. Yeah. Like if we take a, a risk on a guy like a Kevin Porter Jr. Or even if we take a Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Tyler Hero, Cam Johnson, and those guys pan out, this is when we could turn the corner and be like, okay, like we're ready to rock and roll. Let's get ready for the 2021 free agency class. Get our big fish and like let's take a step towards being contenders in the East. Sure. One last guy before we go here that we're going to talk about is Romeo Langford. Now, admittedly, a few weeks ago, I was really, really low on Romeo. Just the the few things that I had seen, the the few you know clips that I've watched of him, you know, of him. But definitely over the past weeks, I'm getting warmer on Romeo Langford. My questions were like. The, the shooting, is is he going to be able to become an elite shooter? Is he going to be able to become an elite defender? We've heard that you know he's great at getting to the rim, and yeah, that's great, but at the same time, you still need to be able to knock down shots in the NBA to be a top-tier player. Then I started to watch some more clips. I'm like, man, why is this guy shooting 27% from three? His form looks good. And then you find out that he had some kind of thumb injury yeah. or hand injury that yeah. he played through the entire year. So that just goes to show you the heart that this guy has. You've heard about this stuff, am I right? Yeah, no. So, like, I, I like you. When I first saw him, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I get why people can be hyped on him, but I don't see it. Like, long-term big pitcher, he's – He's the kind of guy that could be a really big like boom with a huge ceiling or like he's just going to fall flat size. on the face. But what I like about him is in the the more I find out about him the more I like about him. The more I, you know, I don't know what his numbers were in high school, but I heard he was a lot better of a shooter in high school. Um, you know, he's got you just brought it up size. He's 19. The only shooting guards in the league that are like, let's say he's a two and plays shooting guard. The only shooting guards that are bigger than him are would be Jimmy Butler, Demar Derozan, and Clay Thompson. Other than that, he would be the fourth largest shooting guard in the six, league. So six. like that, he would in his ring span is almost seven foot, just under. So like he would be able to. He's got a lot of defensive potential with his size to really be a difference maker on the defensive and the athleticism but also be able to shoot over someone if he can get that shot back to what it was supposedly back in high school um i really like the way he can get to the the basket i think it's really nice i don't know if he's ever going to be someone that can take someone off the dribble so much because I haven't been so impressed with how he creates space, but I also think that he's young enough to where some of that skill set can be learned. Um, he's right. only 19. So that that is a question mark, but it's not something that worries me too much. Um, I really like Romeo Langford. Honestly, if it's between him and Kevin Porter Jr., I'm probably going... Romeo Langford, to be honest, I am. I think I am. I, I, I like him. I you know, he doesn't have any of the off the court issues. And you said this word earlier, heart. 
he played through injury his entire college season and is just now getting it looked at. Now, maybe I hopefully it, I mean, hopefully it's nothing serious that'll hurt him in the long run because he played through it. But, you know, being able to want to play through an injury and fight for your team, even though it might hurt you somewhat like in the draft a little bit or to take that extra year and play a sophomore year in, in college, like, I don't know. I feel like that says a lot to be able to just continue to fight yeah, through sure. an injury and and have the success he did on the court. Um, you know, he's got his question marks, but the more I learn about him, like the more I'm like, yeah, this this kid could be really special. Um, if if I had if I was the GM and I had all five of these guys sitting on the board a, a, available, it would be really hard for me to to not pick him um, over. Him and Nikhil Alexander Walker, he's the safe pick. I think Romeo is my boomer bust pick. Right. It, it sounds like most Magic fans, and especially you and me, it sounds like we're in agreement that we're really going to be okay with any of these guys. Yeah. I don't know how many drafts that I've been getting excited for and, and following You know, for the Magic where I'm like, oh, if we get A, B, C, D, or E, I'll be fine. Usually it's like, if we don't get this guy, like I'm going to be heartbroken. Like last year it was Luka. Like it really seemed like when... Um, there were some rumors. Yeah, it really seemed like for a moment there he was going to slide, you know, to to five and we were going to take him. Now we've got Mobamba. I love Mobamba, but as it is today, he's not Luca. Right. And but once again, years pass. It's just like you have your heart set on these guys, but now it's like if we get any of these guys, I I really do think that we're going to be okay. Now, one more point about about Romeo is if his shooting issues really just comes down to his hand. If this kid is, out of all these prospects we just talked about, if this guy is going to develop into even a decent, average NBA three-point shooter, to me, he's the pick at 16 hands down. But at this time, it comes with question marks, so sure. we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, and they all come with a question mark at this point. For sure, point, for sure. Know? We're getting so close, I, I don't necessarily know that... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's worked out for the Magic. I don't think anything is scheduled right now. I would have liked for them to be able to get him into Orlando to get a closer look at him and find out what might be going on with the hand or find out about how he's progressing as a shooter the last few months since the college season has ended. But um, six days, man, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped, man, especially now that the finals are over. I don't have to worry about that. I'm, you know, again, the, even the last couple of days it's of the such finals, a relief. I was starting to kind of like check out of it mentally. I I already had a feeling, you know, once it was 3-1, I was like, yeah, okay, the Raptors got this. Let's let's go Magic Basketball. Right. Let's get to the Just, draft. Let's get to the free agency. Um, you know, let, let's see what this team's going to look like next year. As much as I personally enjoyed like the narrative stuff and with – KD and Kawhi because I'm just interested to see what's going to happen next year once the the major injury started like to to KD I was just so bummed and then outside of LeBron um K, uh, Clay is probably my favorite player in the NBA that's not on the magic so to, to wake up this morning and to find out that he tore his ACL that just oh, completely man. took me out of my like normal routine I was just so bummed out about Clay he's so my favorite player almost, on the team too Oh, yeah. I, I don't really care for Steph or uh, KD, Draymond, any of those guys, but I Clay is just such a likable dude. Oh, yeah. He's got that personality that's like, yeah, he'd yeah. sit down and probably have a beer with you. you oh, know? yeah. And just like great hang. shoot the whatever about whatever, right. you know? 
So exactly, he's, man. He seems great, man. Yeah, but I'm excited yeah, just, for the draft, though. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's, it's time for Relief. it's time for some magic basketball again. Yeah, glad that the finals are finally over. We're we're heading into the draft and free agency. It's gonna gonna be a good time, my man. But so uh, can I ask you a question? Sorry, sorry. One last question. No, no, for I'll make sure. it Go, quick. Yeah, man. No, you're we're the good. GM. You got all five of these prospects on the board. Who are you picking? Oh, I'm I throwing you on Nikhil, the spot. I think Nikhil is the safest pick. I Nikhil has been my my the guy that I wanted from day one. I just think, especially if you know. Free agency coming up, all the uncertainty. I think if we move on from Ross, I think he's a guy that maybe not in his first year, but maybe the second or third could develop into a guy just like Terrence Ross. Definitely not nearly as athletic as Terrence Ross, but I really like his defensive instincts, the way that he gets into the passing lanes and and stuff like that. Love his shooting stroke. I think he's just going to get better as a shooter. And we we just need more shooting. I think he's the safest pick. Uh, But once again, I won't be mad with any of these guys. How about you? If if you're the GM, we have the pick at 16. Who are you taking? I think I'm going Romeo Langford. I really am. That's I'm I'm fine with that. He. He's got that athleticism. He's got the the body that the the this this front office likes. Um, you know, he's got size. He's got length. He's got athleticism. Um, you know, he can get to the rim. I think he can learn how to make better separation. And you know, right. if it really is coming down to his hand just being hurt, and that's what hap- happened with his shooting, then like, you know, I think that's my guy. You know, it, yeah, I think that's my guy. I- I won't be mad at that whatsoever. I he's do think pro- looking at... I was that? just going to say, he's probably the biggest question mark out of all of them, though. He's probably the one that could bust the fastest, too, though, in my opinion. Right. Well, so. just from looking at his shooting stroke, to me, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, why isn't this guy a great shooter? Because the, the stroke is there. I think it's the hand, but I'm not 100% sure. That's the big question that I have with him. The 27% three-point percentage you know, last year, that's the thing that would scare me from taking him over Nikel. But sure. at the same time, I don't think you can go wrong with, with either pick, man. Exactly, exactly. So, but, Steven, man, I cannot thank you enough for coming on here, man. It was so much fun doing your show. Thank you for coming on here, hanging out with me, talking some magic basketball. We talked the finals. We talked the draft. A lot of things to be excited for, man. Just thank you you know, once again for coming on. I know you guys just launched your site. I want you to go ahead and plug all your social media stuff, the, the website, all that good stuff for us. Sure. Tell everybody where they can find you guys. No problem. So, yeah, the the close-up magic, we just expanded to a full website from a podcast to a full website. Web. web website i can't speak today where good, you can find uh you know articles we're gonna have some video content coming up soon um we're gonna yeah we have potentially some new podcasts launching too so awesome. it, it's really fun man and again it's our our show and your show my website and in your sh- web uh what you guys got going on we're we're very similar with the same passion and direction we're just trying oh, yeah. to bring the community it's, it's together and you got and, it, brother. And that's why I love having you on the show. And that's why I would love being on your show. It's it's just growing this fan base. And, and that's what we do with our writing, too. We're not we're not trying to claim to be experts in any one thing. We're just writing from a fran- fan perspective. And that's what we want to do with the website. That's what the, it's all about. The, the site. So go check it out. It's www.theclosupmagic.com. Um, of course, you can find us on Twitter at The Close Up Magic. And you can find my personal page at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N 0610. 
Perfect. So you, you heard it, guys. Uh, go check out their new site at theclosepmagic.com. Once again, my boy Stephen Cameron, thank you so much for coming on to the show, my brother. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, six days. Uh, let, let's see who we take at 16. If, if anybody, like you said, maybe we trade this pick and, and we'll see what happens from there. Let's go. All right, buddy. We'll, t- we'll talk soon, all right? Thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon. All right, soon. buddy. Thank you. Thank see you, ya. man. Thank you. All right. That was my conversation with Stephen Cameron. Once again, thank you, Stephen, for coming on to the show. You guys heard they just launched their new site, theclosepmagic.com. Make sure you guys go check that out. You can also follow Stephen on Twitter at theclosepmagic and at his personal Twitter handle. Once again, guys, we do want to remind you guys, we launched the sixmanshow.com. Yeah, go yeah. check it out. Go cop some merch for us. It's a big help. This Thursday for the NBA Draft, 7.30, the draft starts. At 7 o'clock, we're going to be at the Buffalo Wall Wings on Tampa Road in Oldsmar. Come hang out with us, guys. Uh, that's it. That's a, that's a, that's, a, that's about it. all that we've got for this week, guys. Once again, this has been the Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!